With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, like it or not, we live in a creator economy. We, we hear it called the attention economy. But basically, our worlds are opening up through the Internet and ways to create meaning for other people's lives, to motivate um, people starting YouTube channels left and right. Everyone is a creative in a way. And it, it can be frustrating uh, because there's so much of it and it's hard to get your message out. Um, you can get down about it. But if you prevail and you keep going, the world can open up and you can, you know, in the future, everyone hopefully will be able to make their living having fun, doing what they love the best, exploring their minds and giving the gifts of their consciousness to the world. That, that opportunity is here with us. And my next guest is, uh, you know, a star in this realm. He, he always puts out new music and a lot of his music is motivational. He uses sometimes, you know, things Jordan Peterson says and implements them in his, in his work. Akira the Don is the architect of the Meaning Wave universe, a globally renowned musician and DJ. His music and production traverse the boundaries between pop, hip hop, indie, and dance. In 2017, Akira the Dawn created a new genre referred to as Meaning Wave, which is a fusion of wave music with meaningful lyrical content, that stuff that inspires us, right? And lo-fi hip hop, what he describes as an ongoing musical epic story and psychotechnology developed with the aim of helping listeners to achieve their potential in this lifetime i'm all about that and akira has done that for me and he's going to do it for you too akira thanks for coming on the show man how are you <laughs> i'm good uh, i'm powered up by your, your powerful intro and also the power of audio plus visual that we now have stepping into the future at tnt radio amazing we can how's see your beautiful face in your how's studio how's that working I out for you you like it? I think it's, yeah, I like it. I mean, I just got this new blue light. I had those two yeah. lights right there and that wasn't enough. I, and you know, within this day of, uh, of YouTubing and all this, you need the cool washy lights. So one of my guests last week <laughs> had a bisexual blue lighting, huh? bisexual lighting. <laughs> okay. That's what you I'll got go the, the pink that. and the blue is what you got the pink oh, yeah. and the blue. That's called bisexual lighting. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, <laughs> that's me. That's me in a nutshell, Akira. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, one of my guests last week, uh, Keith Thomas, actually, he's a super producer for Amy Grant and a bunch of hits in the 80s. He's doing healing mm -hmm. music now. Actually, I should link you guys up. He had this blue wash, this fantastic blue wash. And I'm like, why don't my lights do that? He goes, I'll send you a link. He sent me a link. And shamefully, I ordered it on Amazon. So anyway, you know, I guess I'm talking shop during the show. But yeah, I, the TV thing is cool. But you just I said like everybody is that now. So it's not right. shop. It's because if everybody is now, if each individual is uh, capable of being their own broadcasting everything or whatever it is, own artistic hub of creativity, whatever the frick it is, then it's actually now. You, and you notice because you go to like 7-Elevens and they sell this stuff. 
Like 7-Elevens have got like podcasting starter kits in them now. You know what right. I mean? I, like in Mexico, I see this. You can buy a little, like a little baby ring light and stuff like that. And like a whole little package of like my, my baby's first podcast kit for like, you know, 15 bucks or something. Yeah, it's interesting. And you have a setup there, like you flash between the different camera angles and stuff. I mean, you're, you, you've been on top of this for a while. What do you think Ooh. of this? Is it the Don? Look at this. This is incredible for people viewing it. Whee. He's going between different camera angles. This is amazing. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's past Christmas, Akira, but we'll accept it anyway. I just like having Paul Harvey on my soundboard. That was Paul Harvey <laughs> who was on my soundboard for Christmas because we were doing loads of Christmas streams. Merry Christmas. And I just love the way Paul Harvey says Merry Christmas. There's a kind of aggressive quality to it. Merry Christmas. But, right, know, it's, it's like you better have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, exactly. But what, what do you yeah. think to that intro I said about this? Like, you know, it seems like old jobs are going away. You know, we got AI coming in. Pretty soon there won't be truck drivers. The old ways people made a living are becoming decimated. We have inflation, people with economic, you know, impending economic collapse and uh, you know, central bank digital currency coming in and threatening us with vaccine passports and taking away our freedom. Edward Dowd is going on tirades about that left and right, which good on him for doing it. I think he should be warning people of the dangers. But, uh, you know, something that I don't think a lot of people are talking about at the same time is the opportunities that are opening up, that we can become creators and we can monetize the contents of our creativity now this is very difficult and you've made a huge practice of of putting out a song every day or a couple songs a week i forget exactly the numbers you do but you're you've been on the cutting edge of this for a while um how do you frame it well i would say that and i've, I've been saying this for a long time you know if you think about the context of your family's life like what you get to do versus what your grandfather did yeah, my grandfather was, uh, he, he was taken to a concentration camp when he was a teenager, you know what I mean? Because he lived in Poland. So the Russians took over his town. And then he was locked up in, in a Russian work camp or whatever it was as a teenager for a number of years. And then, and then the Germans came into town and then he got dragged off to one in, in Germany, you know what I mean? The point being is he didn't have any time in his life to be Perfect. messing around with this kind of thing. You know what I mean? He, he, wasn't, he wasn't having conversations with Joseph Arthur over in the USA while he was in another country and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Uh, and then my father, he was, you know, he, he did not have these opportunities either. The opportunities that we have now are a kind of hitherto unimaginable miracle that would have seemed like science fiction to people a couple decades ago and would have just seemed like insane magic gibberish to people a little longer than that. Uh, it's very easy to forget that. Just the fact that we have, all, we have electricity is mental compared to pretty much everyone that came before us, right? The, we're not like, you know, my, like I didn't have to go fight in any wars. I didn't have to go kill a bunch of people in my in my teens. I mean, I, I had some scrapes, you know what I mean? There were some shit that went down, but uh, it was not like it was for most of my ancestors. Uh, this is an incredible time, it, but it, as always, it just depends what you're paying attention to. And the thing is, is what you're paying attention to is what you end up getting. So that's why we, one has to be careful if one is cognizant of the wickedness of the world, um, that one does not, you know, spend too much time gazing into the abyss and becoming 
that. You know, you kind of, it's very important to keep a balance and, uh, and utilize and enjoy the, uh, the gifts that are abundant and plentiful and hitherto unimaginable. You know what I mean? For more of us than ever. More human beings than ever in the history of humanity on a kind of percentage level have an opportunity to provide for themselves and their families in doing something they enjoy than has ever been the case. Right? Yeah. That's undeniable. Absolutely. And, and, and maybe you, it gets taken away tomorrow, but right now that is still the case. So one it should is be the focusing case. on that and, and utilizing that. However, that mm. that in and of itself then means it you know what it ultimately does is it makes you confront your own psychological limitations. You know, it's one thing if you're taken to a concentration camp then in a weird way and this is going to sound controversial and i don't mean it to but you're you're sort of almost alleviated from a, a, a confrontation with a certain <laughs> aspect of your own self-imposed limitations because there's so many limitations put on you that the battle becomes just keeping your will to live you know and, and in a way I'm not saying that's easier, but what I'm trying to get at is <laughs> the point. I think that you know, it's like I'm trying. I'm like walking Maybe on a tightrope right there. Yeah. But but and it, this is your work deals with this in helping people overcome their limitations because, and I'm sure you've had battle with your own limitations because you're right. It's right there for everyone to do to make whatever they want to make and do whatever and say whatever they want to say, but they have to get past the voices in their own head that say, well, I don't have anything important to say. Nobody's going to care what I do. And then you'll have actual the real world ignore you for a good long while while you're trying to get your message out there and you're trying to rise uh you know in the in the uh sort of bombardment of information in our society you know what i mean how often do you think about these sort of things which things you just mentioned an awful lot of things you mean all those the things? thing of overcoming <laughs> your own limitations is the main one i mean because that's yeah, well, that's what we're directly confronted with mm. with all this opportunity you're saying we have which we do have yeah well and i think that has, it has always been the case as well though the the thing the only thing stopping you is you you know um i'm working on a record at the moment uh a, a quote that is in the chorus is uh i don't believe in circumstances people are always blaming circumstances for what they are i don't believe in circumstances uh the limitation is always you the there is always something that you can do with what you presented with and uh and so that is the battle and i suppose the thing is one has to remind oneself quite often because you can very easily fall into habits of uh of self-sabotaging thinking and internal monologue and dialogue which is what destroys you and stops you from doing things it isn't necessarily other people telling you it's you telling yourself or you just allowing certain voices to be the ones that you pay attention to so exactly. it's a case of, of uh eternal vigilance you know the cost of freedom as they say is eternal vigilance and that applies to a society and that applies to the individual and uh that's why i always talk about that, that habit monitoring thing um mm. habit auditing even habit auditing so you on a regular basis you have a look at your life and see what habits you've developed and if they're useful and if they're serving you and uh, i always find I, t I do this about once a month and i always find i've developed some new habits that are not serving me and i then have to replace them with habits that do serve me 
And the same goes for one's internal monologue and the dialogue one has within, because that can slip from being very useful and powerful and, and, uh, and you know, to something that's, that's sabotaging you and destroying you if you don't pay attention. My new plot in the coming weeks is to try to get a, to a 4.30 a.m. wake-up time. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, Where are you at right uh, now? Because, I w well, I want to I start work right when I get up, and I want to get like two or three hours in before I go to the cold plunge and yoga. And um, because I think those morning hours are the most vital for creativity. What about you? What's your morning routine? How do you stay vigilant? Yeah, well, so, because uh, I work late and I traditionally always worked late, whether it was in my, my youth or then when I was a DJ in Hollywood and so on and so forth. So I was always more like up till five and then getting up late kind of thing. And then on the rare occasions I would wake up early, it would be incredible. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is a whole magical world. Uh, one of my first kind of big songs was called Oh, What a Glorious Thing. And the chorus went, oh, what a glorious thing, waking up in the morning, baby. Oh, what a glorious thing, you get to have a whole day. Hey, there's something very weird about how the earlier you wake up, it feels like you have more time, even if it's the exact amount of time you would spend having woken up later. So I too, uh, would like to be up earlier, certainly than I am. And I've been in this process of gradually shifting it, shifting it, shifting it for, for many, many years. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you, but I, I'm not even close to the 430 yet. And um, that's, and then there's Wes Watson, who has his 245, who's the kind of the king of that stuff. Jocko has his really? like four, 415, is Jocko right? And Jocko Willink's I whole think thing 430. Is, you know, I think yeah. is, we should know. I've seen enough enough photos of his watch, but anyway, he's around yeah. four-ish, and his whole thing is he wants to be up before the enemy, because he's. This goes back to his days of when he was in Afghanistan or sorry in Iraq, and he's like, "There's someone yeah. in a cave. There's someone sat there in a cave plotting on no plotting on me. So I need to be up before that motherfucker." And then he just applied that to his civilian life. He needs, needs to be up before the hypothetical enemy. But then Wes Watson, he gets up at 2.45 because he just wants to be a better motherfucker than everybody on earth. 2.45 is insane. I mean, you'd have to go to sleep <laughs> at 6 p.m. or something. There is like diminishing returns <laughs> at a certain point. That's why I chose 4.30 because I was thinking 4 and I'm like, nah, let's go for 4.30. I mean, dude, I used go to, to do the whole... Well, I try to go, I, I need to start going to bed earlier. I've cut off coffee um, by like sort of noon or one. I was having terrible Sorry. sleep because I was drinking coffee till 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. And that wasn't working. So it's weird that you have to keep learning this stuff, even when you're an, an old <laughs> geezer like myself. But I, I used to do that same thing with music. Music loves late nights, you know, and I would be in the studio till... 5 a.m. and then sleep until noon i and i made lots of great work that way but for some reason the older i get the less that seems to work for me and i'm really aware that my brain operates much better when i first wake up and after the whole days like accosted me and i've been on x all day and whatever and distractions my mind's scrambled by the end of the night you know i'm tired and i just don't <laughs> think the creative work I don't sort of believe in the creative work. I come from sort of altered states as much as I used to as well. Like that used to be part of the thing, being in some right. kind of psychedelic state and then I could do better work. I mean, there's something to be said for that, but I think by and large, 
um, the way I'm going to tackle the creator economy is by, you know, being a, like a sort of artsy Jocko about it. At least that's my goal. Well, the thing is, is the, the altered state thing or what have you, it's, it's kind of a, it's a shortcut, right? So it's a bit like if, you know, you take a, a drug of some kind that will get you to a place faster. Uh, if you bang a bunch of TRT, you'll put on muscle quicker than people who don't. Uh, if you take, um, you know, DMT, you'll find yourself in a certain place quicker than you would get to if you were just going to do a bunch of hardcore meditating or something. You can get there without those things. Simil similarly, you can get to that creative place without that stuff. And you can get to that creative place with uh, the glory of hardcore discipline uh, and showing up on a, you know, consistent basis and just being there and doing it. Uh, which I always liken to people who always talk about, you know, waiting for the muse to come to them or what have you. And, you know, you might think about uh, I, where ideas come from as being the realm of the muses, right? Uh, that place, you know, 5D or whatever you want to call it, idea space, the realm of the muses. Well, instead of mm -hmm. waiting for the muses to come to you or like banging a bunch of a funny drug that's going to plunge you into the pit of the muses or something, you could just go there and just turn up and get to work on a daily basis and you just show up and you show up and you keep showing up and cracking open the thing and getting in there no matter how you feel on a daily basis. And eventually their muse is gonna look at you and be like, this is a bad motherfucker, let's give him some of the good shit. And they'll crack mm -hmm. out some of the good shit, right? And you just keep showing up and you keep going and you keep going as opposed to that one random guy who they're like, oh, maybe we'll hit him with something just for a just to see what happens, or just for a, for right. a joke, you know what I mean? So you, you can do yeah. that. You can just be the person who shows up and gets after it. And that will get you better results long term. And if you want to do something sustainably, uh, that means over a course of years and decades and what have you, that's going to work out a lot better for you than the shortcut versions. No doubt. So you think the muses reward you for showing up? I, I think that's really true. The the war that's of been art my experience. Yeah. 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 It's exactly that's yeah. That's a similar thing to that. Uh, the pro goes yeah. to work. Discipline gets and he says done. a prayer to the muse as well. I forget which prayer it is. Maybe I'll look it up. Let me take a quick break and we'll be right back after these words on TNT. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. I Certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. 
our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTRadio.live. All right. Well, I'm on Stephen Pressfield's uh, Substack or something, and he's got this thing about the uh, the prayer to the muse. He says, the work comes through me, or I am not the source of any of the work I produce. The work comes through me from another plane. I am the conduit. I am the human voice. But the source lies elsewhere. I can't compel the work to appear. I can't make the goddess deliver. I can only invoke her. And it's uh, sort of, I think it's, what is it? The prayer... Uh, a prayer for the muse. Um, I think it's Homer or something. And it goes, O divine posy goddess, daughter of Zeus, sustain me for this song. Sing goddess of the wrath of Achilles, Peleus's son. I think there was some more to it, but maybe I can't find the whole thing. But what do you think to that? Do you think when you do work, <laughs> does a work come from you or is it coming from a divine source? Uh, I would, I always think of a human being as a receiver. So you're a kind of wet-brained receiver of non-localized consciousness. And like I was saying earlier, you could think about idea space. Um, you think I think of it dimensionally, right? So you have the third dimension in which we bob around. Then you have the fourth dimension, which I suppose would be time. That's the next way of measuring something, right? And then outside of that would be the potentiality of that which could occur within time, right? Um, all the stuff that could occur. So then if you looked outside that, then you'd be able to kind of arrange all those things within time. Uh, so one could think of ideas or art or anything that a human being creates as something that kind of exists within that potentiality, but it has to come through the individual. So the individual uh, channels this, this energy, this thing through the Byzantine conduit of their own existence and everything they've made themselves into, everything they've experienced, everything they've done, and that which they've, you know, willfully uh, built themselves into being, right? So you turned yourself into a bad motherfucker who can play music and, uh, you know, all, all the, you know, create art and all the things that you can do. You've disciplined yourself in these disciplines, which means that when you allow this thing to come through you, it's going to come out in a very specific fashion that only you could do. Only the mm. individual that is you could create what you create, right? Which is why I always say, you know, people who are worrying about AI and stuff, it's like, you ain't got to worry about that shit uh, if you're a bad motherfucker. Like, you only got to worry mm. about that shit if you're a, a, a regular middle-of-the-mall type who could, is, who could be aped by technology so, so simply. If you've, if you've led a rich life, if you have created the capacity to do anything willfully, that's something that only you can do. And something, therefore, that which is expressed via you can only be expressed in that manner. So that's what I think on that. Interesting. Do you believe in free will? Do you think we have free will or do you think principalities are guiding us and making us do what we do and say in this world? Uh, I do believe in free will, yeah. Uh, and I also think that we are simultaneously 
um, that principalities are guiding us. Uh, do, uh, you know, I read all the various arguments on this. Uh, it seems to me that we've been given the capacity to uh, choose our adventure. And uh, that's what that's what all this is. You said it earlier, like what you what, where, where you throw your awareness, that's what you bring into existence. I, th I think I don't know if we have I don't think we that's have a willful like total that's free willful. will. That's, but that's what? willful. You do that willfully, right? You feel yourself doing that. Willfully. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think we have the capacity to guide our awareness and, and sort of cultivate that and, and sort of cultivate our attention. I think we can sort of decide where our attention goes, you know, so I guess do more that, than that but we, we can do that. I, I personally think we're co-creators and that's the point. Mm. Uh, that's what we've been given the capacity for and the honor of and the responsibility of, which is co-creation. And that has the capacity for good and evil and uh, glory and wonder and mayhem and chaos and all of those things. And that's our responsibility. And that's the marvelous adventure of it. And if one willfully well, I agree chooses with you. to pick that up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think we are co-creators. So are you going to play us one of your co-creations with your muse right now? Yeah, um, I'll play you something. Um, I'll tell you what I'll play you. What we'll play is something co-created uh, over many hundreds of years. That's what we'll do. So we shall do a song that was co-written by uh, a Roman emperor called Marcus Aurelius. That's wow. what we'll do. So that's it. So that's like across space and time. And this is a man who, who wrote that, uh, you know, he, he believed, uh, he wrote often about, you know, we're going to die and you'll be forgotten. In a, sh in a few short years, you'll be completely forgotten. And um, he was right about many things, but about that, he, w he was wrong because he, he, his, his ideas and words and what have you reverberated across space and time. Where is that coming from? Did you do that? I'm not doing that. What the heck? Are you not doing that? I'm not doing it. That's, that's insane. What is going on? What? Well, see, there you go. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Aha! <laughs> Across space and time. That motherfucker started messing with my machinery. That's incredible. That's never <laughs> happened before. That was amazing. Uh, you'll have to Maybe we don't something. have free will, Akira. Oh, well, you have free will, but these motherfuckers will fuck with it. And um, across space and across time. <laughs> uh, have you ever read um, Sam Harris's book on the subject? No, I never have. Um, uh, but I, I did, mean, I did, he's, he's kind of gone. He's gone sort of wacky. In For someone years. who doesn't believe in free will whatsoever, he certainly talks like somebody who who does. Uh, it's very it's very weird with all those types. His argument he has yeah. this argument that there is zero free will whatsoever, and you are purely the result of your of the, your life and where you've come. And the right. only reason you say the things you do is because that's what you would say, because you would not say anything else. That you have zero choice in it. It's a funny thing. And it's worth reading just to, so you know what some people think and what that argument is, I guess. 
Um, I, I get yeah. that argument, though. I don't know that I need to read it. I think I understand it. It, it, mm. it. I'm not really totally clear on it, except for this. It doesn't make sense that God would create us just to be meat puppets and sort of have this preordained movie of our life that we have to sort of participate in as an observer without any control to bend it in any way, shape or form. That doesn't really make sense to me. I don't think that's what's going on. I, I do think we have free will, but I think it might not be uh, as much as some people think it is. But I agree, I think the co-creation uh, what you said about we're co-creators of our life and co-creators of our work, that resonates with me exactly. Yes, it was the same. Um, good, I think that's now about to work. Yeah, I read that because uh, Scott Adams published uh, a, what he called his persuasion reading list. So it was a bunch mm. of books that he's like, if you want to get good at persuasion, read all these books. And one of the first, the first things one should know if one is persuading is how persuadable people are and people are very very persuadable you know and um there's you know reason that's the reason f well there are reasons for that but for to be able to you know accurate um accurately and powerfully persuade one should be aware of how easy it is to do that and most people are very easily persuadable and suggestible and you know that because you live in this world and you've been paying attention mm -hmm. for the past couple of years and you've seen how very 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 easily persuadable a lot of people are and uh, yeah. how incredibly smart people or people that you thought were smart and they turned out to be intelligent because there's a difference between smarts and intelligence and that's something else we had to learn over the past few years but anyway <laughs> Song called Grateful to the Gods. Lyrics adapted from the works of Marcus Aurelius, the meditations of Marcus Aurelius. Akira. When you wake up in the morning, tell yourself The people you deal with today will be meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. They're like this because they can't sell good from evil But I have seen the beauty of good and the ugliness of evil And recognize the wrongdoer as a nature related to my own Not in the same blood or birth but the same mind And possessing a share in the divine Not in the same blood or birth but the same mind And possessing a share in the divine So none of them can hurt me No one can implicate me in ugliness Nor can I feel angry at my relative or hate him we were born to work together like feet, hands and eyes Like the two rows of teeth, hunger and love To obstruct each other is unnatural To feel anger at someone, to turn your back on it. These are obstructions, yo, discard your first books Don't die in bitterness But in cheerfulness and truth Grateful to the gods in the bottom of your heart Grateful to the gods in the bottom of your heart Discard your first you Don't die in bitterness Yourself to distract, that is not allowed. not allowed. Instead, as if you were dying right now, 
Despise your flesh, events of blood, pieces of bone, a woven tangle of nerves, veins, and arteries. Consider what the spirit is at, and never the same as, as long as it hasn't built in again every instantly. Think of it this way, you are an old man Stop allowing your mind to be a slave To be jerked by selfish impulses To kick against fate and the present To mistrust the future What is divine is full of providence Even chance is not diverse in nature For me in weaving and infolding are things Governed by providence Everything proceeds from it And then there is necessity in the needs of the whole world Of which you are a part Whatever the nature of the whole does or whatever serves to maintain it is good for every part of nature. The world is maintained by change. The elements and other things they depart. That should be enough for you. Treat it as an accident. Treat it as an accident. Yeah, this guy you first and books. You won't die in bitterness. But in truthfulness and truth. Grateful to the gods in the bottom of your heart. Grateful to the gods in the bottom of your heart. Just got your first and books. But in cheerfulness and truth, break with the gods in the bottom of your heart. Break with the gods in the bottom of your heart. This guy's your first and first, you won't die in bitterness. But in cheerfulness and truth, break with the gods in the bottom of your heart. Break with the gods in the bottom of your heart. I What world it is that you belong to What power rules it and from what source you spring But there's a limit to the time assigned to you And if you don't use it to free yourself It will be gone and will never return Kira the Dawn, Meaning Wave. Marcus Aurelius. A song inspired by Marcus Aurelius. Do you ever get in, or Ghost Written, do you ever get any, uh, does anybody ever contact you when you um, sort of repurpose content from one of their speeches or anything? I'm I'm assuming most people are flattered, and Marcus Aurelius obviously could never hear that, but do you ever get contacted by anybody? I mean, I, if, if it's someone who's alive, I ask him first, you know? Or oh, okay. Or I, I make it, then I ask him. I usually make the thing and then ask a person. I go, hey, I've made this thing. Da-da-da. And you've done that with Jordan Peterson, right? I mean, he, I think mm-hmm. he promoted it, right? Oh, yeah, he has uh, a lot. He had me on his podcast. 
to talk about it. He's, you know, tweeted it, mailed it out. Actually, if you go on his YouTube channel, he's got a playlist of some of his favorite ones. Nice. On his YouTube. He's very supportive. People are usually very supportive. The only person who has not been <laughs> was William Shatner of all people. Really? Yeah, I made a song, I sampled William Shatner, and I was like, how am I going to find William Shatner and get his permission? Because I didn't know anyone who knew William Shatner, you know? So I tweeted, I was like, hey, does anyone know William Shatner? I like, made the song, I want to get his permission. And he replied, and he goes, you should know better than to do something without my permission. Fuck you, DJ, or something like to that effect. Wow. Uh, hey, watch it with the F-bombs, Akira. We, we are a family-friendly radio show. Oh, my um, bad. It was well. No, it's William a, Shatner, but anyway. It's okay. Yeah, right. I mean, I'll, t I'll take responsibility for William Shatner, but yeah, William Shatner. Shame on Captain Kirk. But yeah. uh, So that one remains in the vaults. No one's ever heard that. But, uh, that's too bad. That's insane. Yeah, I can't believe anybody <laughs> would have a problem with that. But there you go. Some people are old school, I guess. Uh, literally well, zero, zero him. And I think Naval replied to it saying something like, oh, Captain Kirk um right. not understanding the nature of the future how ironic or something like that yeah it's weird because web amazing. 3 it's it's interesting i don't know how much you're dealing with nfts i mean i think you would be a, a good fit for um web 3 sort of stuff as well but there was just a big case with board ape yacht club and polly and rider rips and uh the judgment came down where polly and rider owe like nine million dollars to board ape yacht club because they repurposed the board apes and created new nfts using those same exact images which was a conceptual art piece on the nature of the fact that you can't possibly copy an nft because what an nft actually is is <laughs> a non-fungible token it doesn't really matter what the jpeg is attached <laughs> to it but that kind of goes with with what you're saying about William Shatner, so th because in the they world lost. of Web three, yeah, they lost. They lost the wow. case. So far, they're going to appeal it, but so far they lost the case. And, and well, uh, Shatner's thing, Shatner's just old school. He was just like the fact that you made this without asking me first immediately puts you on a list of people that right. I'm not going to do anything with. Um, and obviously, as I like, anyway, because he's very old school. So that was just. He, I think he was in a bad mood that day or something like that. Uh, Sounds like it. Let me take yeah, a quick break. We'll be right word. back after these words on TNT. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed, and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing. Nurturing rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. There are 16 million children struggling with hunger in America. That's one in five daughters, sons, neighbors, and classmates who don't know where their next meal is coming from. Yet billions of pounds of good food go to waste every year. 
It's time we do something about it. Feeding America is a nationwide network of food banks that helps provide meals to millions of kids and families in need. Visit feedingamerica.org to help them feed even more. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. You're with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. So, Akira, we just heard your Marcus Aurelius-inspired song, and you've done other ones with Jordan Peterson and the meaning wave genre that you've created. I There's been a few times in my artistic life where an idea has come to me, I, I guess from the muse, um, and I knew it had legs. You know, I knew, oh, man, I could make a whole body of work with this. What was it like when the idea for meaning wave was sprung on you? Uh, let me, well, it was something I'd always done. So I'd always, I always, I used to like uh, skits in records and in the sort of late eighties, early nineties, cause of, I don't know why, cause it was happening in rap music, but it was happening in other music as well. Morrissey had a load of bits of what you might call skits in his records, sampling bits of old like radio shows and interviews and stuff. The Manic Street Preachers had that album, The Holy Bible, that was held together by all these samples that really gave it this extra level. And uh, Ice-T Ice and Ice Cube and people like that would have these big sections before the songs. And I was always like, what if there were, that was a whole song, you know? And so you took a whole interview with Jack Kirby talking about how he created Galactus and how he was mainlining uh, God when he was doing that and so on and so forth. And that's a whole song. Mm. So when I was there making my rap mixtapes in like, when I was rapping and making mixtapes in like 2000, it would be uh, 2000, yeah, 2003, two, three. Uh, you'd have like a rap song, then I'd have a song like that, you know? So it's something I'd done, but I was experimenting with new styles um, in 2016 out of necessity because something that I had been working on and I'd put everything into and I'd moved my family halfway across the world for, I realized wasn't gonna work. And I was like, shit, I need to do something else. And uh, I make three records, songs, and uh, one of them was uh, sampled a bit of uh, San Andreas, uh, and Big Smoke talking about you only about um, the train CJ, you know. Uh, all you had to do was get on the damn train CJ, or whatever it was. Another one was sampling a radio program about the Welsh notion of Hiraith which is a word that means a kind of longing for something uh, that doesn't exist anymore. And the other thing was uh, Peterson talking about uh, the utility of uh, being a great plumber. And those three, I put those three things out that week and people really liked that Peterson one. It was um, for whatever reason. And I listened to uh, a podcast that week with James Altucher on it and he was talking, he said something along the lines of uh, quadruple down on what's working. Because I'd always, I'd, I'd always been someone who just sort of bounced around following whatever, whatever I was into that week, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make a mixtape about John Hughes. Now I'm going to make a prog rock album. Now I'm going to make a gangster rap record. Now I'm going to do this. Uh, I never went all in on one thing and stayed with it for a long time. I was just, I'm going to follow all my genius ideas around the place. And then years later, someone would take something I'd done and have great success with it type thing. So anyway, I heard James right. Alsacher that week say quadruple down on what's working. So I said, okay, this that Peterson thing, which is like those things you've done before, do more of that. So I did a full album length mixtape of that. And that was very popular. And I continued to go into that direction, realizing that there was something there that I could develop. And just went all in on that and sort of developed the style of it over the next six months. And then I decided 
uh, that I was going to go all in on that and that I was going to go all in on the idea of hyper-productivity uh, and making as much music as I possibly could, of getting to the, into the zone and refusing to leave and seeing what could happen if I went all in on that idea of hyper-productivity and momentum and meaning wave. And it was exciting because knowing that you've got a thing and there is a thing, and that is an exciting thing when you've made that decision to right. go in on a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Focus is is huge. And like, you know, and and more and more it's a superpower if you can focus and put your awareness towards one thing and and to go all in on it like you like you're saying that you have. Now I'm it assuming goes back to what though, you were talking some... about at the beginning, right? Yeah. It goes back to that thing at the beginning, because it's a restriction saying, Okay, this is what I'm gonna do. This specific thing, not the other things, not tangential things just this thing that's putting a limit on it and limitations can breed greatness. In fact, they, well, they do breed greatness. You know, you can't build a building if you're like, I'm going to use cheese and, and jelly and all this type of thing, you know? But what about that side of your nature that does go all over the place? Like how have you tamed that? And then how long have you been on the doubling down on meaning wave and hyper productivity? And have you ever had any at all diversions from it in the, in the time that you've been doing it? Have you fought battles to maintain it? Has there been a voice in your head saying, hey, dude, let's make a gangster rap record? Oh, my God. Because I know how alluring the <laughs> muse can be, especially if it's like, oh, my God, dude, I have this genius idea. Like, And how long do you intend to keep staying on the same trajectory? How do, how do you balance that or not balance it, I guess? Well, one cool thing about this is that I can, what I worked out very quickly was what, what, what was wonderful about it was I'm not confined to any one style of music, like the voice and the, and the content, uh, defines what music is necessary. And that music could be something that's in the ballpark of rap or the ballpark of prog rock or the ballpark of folk or the ballpark of something that hasn't been invented yet. So musically, I'm not limited. I'm only limited by what's appropriate for the song I'm making and the voice or the idea connected to that song, right? So the Marcus Aurelius records, I've just finished a new one uh, that's by far the greatest thing I've ever had anything to do with. Uh, and your homie Pete Parada is playing drums on four tracks and it's fantastic. Um, nice. And that has a very specific sound, which is this sound that I understood was the right sound for Marcus Aurelius. It's a continuation of the sound on the first record. It's very specific. The sound for the Terence McKenna records is this kind of trippy, psychedelic, sort of boppy trap type thing that's very specific to him. I wouldn't use those beats with a Peterson record, for example, uh, or a Jocko record. The Jocko songs, for example, have a very specific sound. And then, say, the Goggins ones, some people would think of Jocko and Goggins being in a similar category, but they're not at all for me. And Goggins has a very specific sound, which is soulful. It's evocative of that kind of sort of 70s music and uh, that, I, I, that I associate with him for whatever reason. But also this kind of like hard, percussive, big bass type aspect is a very specific sound. So anyway, what I realize is within this limitation, there is the freedom I require. Within the discipline of this limitation is the freedom that I always longed for. And now if I have an idea, oh, I would love to make a, you know, a G-Funk record. I can apply it to that specific thing where it would really work, not just randomly G-Funk record for no reason. There's a reason for it. There's something for it to do, you know? Um, I'm just look, trying to look at my, here it is. Numbers, 101 albums. There you go, we're on 101 albums now. Since, That's incredible. 
since starting this thing in 2018. Um, and this year we'll be picking up considerably because after years of this Mexican exile, I now finally have a studio, uh, like a proper purpose-built. Everything's in place. I can step in here and immediately start working and everything works type thing, which is going to massively increase my uh, output potentiality, given that I spent the past couple of years working out of Airbnbs and what have you. And we're still able to keep moving at a certain kind of pace. But uh, that's now incredible. Those restraints are gone. So, yeah. Amazing. So, how do you pick the musical atmosphere with the characters, uh, uh, you know, with the dialogues that you're utilizing? I mean, how, how do you decide what David Goggins sounds like versus Jocko? I, I just do. So, let me think of how I do. I just do. And I don't overthink these things. That's one one thing I do not do in anything. So I, I instinct I know that the sound of Goggins is this kind of That's one sound. The second we feel that shit, our mind says, Oh no, this is a And like, you know, another sound mm. is this kind of it's slightly more aggressive, it's just strange. Younger generation. But if you can get through the doing things that you hate to do. But like, that's a different, Jocko has a different sound for whatever What's reason. What's Jocko's sound? Do you have uh, Jocko up? Yeah, Jocko, depending on the record. I mean, the classic Jocko song is, uh... How do I deal with setbacks, failures, delays, defeat, or other disasters? I actually have a fairly simple way of dealing with these situations. It is actually one word to deal with all those situations. And that is good. And this is actually something that one of my guys that worked for me pointed out to me. He would call me up or pull me aside with some major problem, some issue that was going on. And he'd say, boss, we got this and that and the other thing. And I'd look at him and I'd say, good. One day he was telling me about some issue that he was having. He said, I already know what you're going to say. And I said, well, what am I going to say? He said, you're going to say good. You're going to say good. has this kind of big fucking powerful epic sound on certain <laughs> records and others he's quite aggressive he's a bit more he's totally straightforward into conflict without thought and without reason it doesn't mean you engage in attrition warfare no that is almost never smart if you call it aggressive you are going to get after it you are going to move fast you are going to think fast you are going to outthink and outmaneuver but then the subject matter matters greatly, obviously, because if you're talking about something um, somewhat sadder, then, then the music would follow. does good apply to the worst of losses, the death of a loved one? It's easy. 
crazy to think that there's nothing good in death. But then I remember the people I have lost throughout my life. The memories of them, the experiences, the fun, their unique personalities and everything they gave me. Not only in their life, but in their death. What their life taught me and what their death taught me. The mark they had left on me. And I is good. Even in death, there is good. Even in death, there is good. There is, 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 is. Anyway, you get the point. But, uh, yeah. yeah so. You kind of hear, I don't know, I, I hear in my head, when I'm listening to the speech, I hear what the music is. You know, yeah. I, was, so I what, was listening to, like, I was listening what to drew I, could you? Hear, I could hear the cellos, for example. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 no, it, it, it's perfect. It's totally appropriate. I mean, what drew you to this kind of content, do you think? I mean, you must have been in a place where you had to overcome something because... I know I'm drawn into that kind of content when I need to motivate myself or when I'm feeling down or, you know, so is that initially how you got drawn into this? Were you overcoming? Yeah, well, we're always overcoming, right? Every day. That's what we all do. But I I remembered the other day something and uh, I was talking with my wife after a set. Um, and at the point when I came up with Meaning Wave and I was listening to a lot of that, those sorts of people and that sort of thing. Uh, I was in the USA and I'd moved the, to the USA and I'd moved my family to the USA and we were sort of, I was supposed to be being a superstar DJ and uh, going to Vegas and doing that whole thing. That's what we decided to do with my career type thing. And so I was doing that and I was DJing on Hollywood Boulevard or and I was playing all those sorts of ridiculous bottles type places and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had, a re I had, I realized that it was not necessarily gonna work and wasn't the right thing to do at one point. Um, and Why? it was at that point that I- Why wasn't it the right thing to do? Well, there was a lot of reasons. One of them, <laughs> when I thought about it was, it's just, I was having to kind of um, turn off certain aspects of myself in order to be able to do certain parts of it or to deal with certain aspects of it with the politics or the sorts of people involved or the kind of aspects right. of that scene. Um, and it was reliant aspects of it was so much of it was reliant on other people and other, th and, you know, things coming through and do this thing for that person. And then that person does this thing rather not so much on raw talent. Uh, I'd, I'd become pretty much, not pretty much. I'd become the best at what I was doing in that town clearly. Um, but that wasn't necessarily going to be enough. I realized as you watch certain people do certain things for other reasons other than greatness right and i had a son and i had a wife and they were dependent on me and i needed to be doing what i i needed to be doing what i was here for and what i was what i was good at uh and i needed to be doing it in a fashion that could not be uh stopped by others um mm. that wasn't yeah. as dependent on other factors you know, I needed I to be doing you. something that was a true reflection because I've been independent for a long time. You, I mean, you know this, but I was uh, on a major label many years ago and I'd been through that whole right. dependent on a system thing and I'd been independent for a long time. So I was. All right. Well, yeah, Akira, anyway. I hate to cut you off, but we got to go. <laughs> Tell everyone where to find you. <laughs> uh, I'll be right here, baby. Uh, Meaningwave.com. Uh, Akira the Don on whatever platform you be on. And uh, yeah. 
Big up. Thanks, man. You thanks for inspiring us always. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And, and thanks for the DJ set. That was really fun. So <laughs> I hope you come back on again. And, always uh, wonderful speaking with you, brother. Yeah, brother. Take care, and we'll see you again soon. Keep listening, everybody. We'll be back with more on TNT.